I'd be perfectly honest with you, I was very surprised when, I, when we started actually coming to physical contact. I mean physical contact with these people. I was very, very apprehensive at first. Most of them were very, very aggressive. Some of them were military uniforms that don't mean nothing. Probably all none of them was ever in the military. Using East Bend terminology, they weren't very good on the pavement. And we started feeling a bit more confident. We started calling these people are not supermen, you know what I mean? And they're not going to go around bullying people and threatening people and beating up people in the streets. It's in our opinion, you know, they're putting forward poison. They're putting forward ideas about people's colour, racist stuff, which is poison. Uh, and if people like that are allowed to just literally do as they do, then, then they become acceptable. Welcome to another Lads and Lasses podcast. With me is Xander Anedo. Xander is a Leeds fan. Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Anedo's a Manchester United fan, so this should be interesting. <laughs> uh, what we're going to talk about is the weekend and the first meeting between the great old rivals of Manchester United and Leeds. United, sorry, two Uniteds. And talk about some of the, the incidents and, and situations that happened uh, around the match. I heard that there was some some good old kickoffs uh, from 10 o'clock in the morning between groups of supporters. Uh, and then there were some, some to and fro inside the stadium, uh, which have had different levels of allegations made against them. So we've got eyewitnesses or supporters of both sides, from each side, and we want to sort of have a look at that. So, Edo, you were at the match on the Manchester United side. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you make of it? How did the knee, taking of the knee go? Uh, yeah, pretty much went off without hitch, to be fair. Uh, yeah, didn't hear any boos. I think it was pretty well received from all fans, uh, which is good to see because obviously during COVID, it was kind of a lot of online kind of noise that it was going to get booed once the fans were back in the stadium. But I'm quite pleased to see that that hasn't really been reflected when I was at the game on Saturday. So, yeah, it's good. Dander? Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um I, I saw no, I heard no booing on TV, uh, on my mates' videos that they've shared with me. I heard no booing then. Um, I think it, it sort of it's testament to the fact that online uh, there's a there's a vocal minority that make a lot of noise, but that doesn't really represent what's going on uh, in 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 real society in the real world, you know. So I think there's uh, there's a lot more support than. Uh, than what people thought there would be during lockdown because of the various uh, things we were reading about in the sensationalised press and online and things. So, yeah, it was, it was good to hear now booing. Yeah, because it's a really uh, quite a long-standing rivalry. I know Leeds have been away for a few years, but uh, coming back up, uh, you could tell that there was quite a buzz around that game. And also there was a bit of a buzz from the morning onwards because people were knocking lumps at each other. Uh, but it all seemed to go, go, you know, as as we'd expect uh, Manchester United Leeds United game to go uh, on and off the pitch, uh, except for the score for for Xander, of course. But, 
So what, what did you make of that, the, the reigniting of the rivalry? Well, um, let's do a little bit about the uh, history of the rivalry first. Um, so we've got Leeds United in Yorkshire uh, and Man United in Lancashire. Um, way back when in history, there was the War of the Roses, which was a civil war between two houses in each, in each county. Uh, and they say that's where the rivalry between the counties started. Uh, now, in 1906, uh, when was the first game between Leeds and Man United, and that sort of that was brought into football as a bit of banter between fans. Um, obviously, we had the Don Riviera uh, throughout the 60s and 70s, uh, and in that time, Leeds were, were Leeds were a dominant force and um, helped get Man U relegated. Then, um, obviously, in the 70s and 80s culture around football, the hooligan culture, the, the casual culture really became ignited. Uh, and towards the back end of the 70s and early 80s, the fixture was synonymous with the uh, service crew from Leeds and the Red Army from Man United. Uh, they would often uh, off, off the pitch meet up and there'd be some, uh, some big, big brawls. It was known as one of the fiercest rivalries in, in UK football at the time. Um, and to be honest, it was a bit of a bloodbath sometimes. Then came the Fergie years. Uh, and interestingly enough, uh, the, the, he, he kept the rivalry going because uh, Eric Cantona, who we all uh, associate with Man United, uh, used to play for Leeds United. And uh, for, for those too young who, who don't know, um, Fergie came along and uh, Man United signed Cantona uh, and he was very successful for Man United. Uh, but that that hurt Leeds fans, you know, it really hurt Leeds fans. So that sort of kept the rivalry going. Um, throughout the 90s, more of the same. Um, there's plenty of stuff on YouTube uh, about the history uh, between the uh, service crew and the Red Army. You can just Google it. There's plenty of stuff out there. Uh, there's a couple of books as well. Uh, but I won't go into that now. Um, Leeds got, unfortunately for me, in uh, the season of 03 and 04, Leeds got relegated. Uh, we were cast out into wilderness for 16 years. Uh, but in that time, uh, which has still kept the rivalry going, we did manage to knock Man United out of the FA Cup with a goal from a certain, uh, certain player um, called Beckford. And it was fantastic. So after 16 years, Leeds are finally being able to come back up to Premier League. Nowadays, if you ask any Reds fans, they would say, you know, our, our main rivals are uh, Liverpool, you know. Uh, but but for Leeds, we haven't forgot that rivalry, you know. We, we, we haven't. We've lived it. And we've been waiting all these years, you know. So the, the first Premier League season comes around um, and coronavirus has hit, hasn't it? So fans aren't allowed in. So uh, we didn't get to go. So 17 years have gone by, which led us to this weekend. Uh, and it's the first time the fans have been back. And the first game uh, was the uh, the old rivalry, Leeds versus Man United. And uh, yeah, some of the some of the old lads have kept the uh, rivalry going off the pitch. There were a couple of minor skirmishes in the city, a bit handbags at dawn. Uh, you know, people are always going to play silly buggers uh, with it being the first day back and everyone's been locked up all year uh, in the houses, not being able to drink. 
but there was nothing too major uh, from what I've heard and from what I've seen and from what's been reported. Um, however, there is a video going round of some Leeds fans making a chant about Rashford and Sancho. Uh, and the chant that they was doing outside the stadium was filmed and it, it was shared and it's, you know, went semi-viral. Uh, and they were basically chanting that they let the country down, uh, which some of the liberal press and some of the, um, some of the liberal left jumped on uh, and was accusing the Leeds United fans as racist um, because they thought it was racially backed. Uh, from my point of view, if I'll let, um, a, if I'll, if I'll let uh, someone else come in, um, to me, the champ wasn't racist. And there's nothing in the champ with any overt racial language, though it may be deplorable to some. It's quite regular for football fans. Um, to sort of chant these things, to demoralise the players. It's part of the game. It has been forever and a day. Uh, Man City have been filmed doing the same chant. And, you know, it's, 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 it's not racial-based. It's not, to me, it wasn't coming from a... Um, it wasn't coming from a place of, of intent, you know, with, with a racist yeah. undertone. It was just to demoralise the, um, demoralise the other team. Now, unfortunately, liberal media often gets hold of these stories and rather than hold um, the real racists to account, uh, the people who enable racism, including themselves, they, uh, they'd sooner find a scapegoat. Often, as we know through history, that scapegoat often falls on football fans. Very easy to label football fans over the years, many, many stories. Uh, and they'll sensationalise the story, said, you know, led with headlines saying it was racist without quoting what was said. So like it's already putting things in people's mind okay. and essentially reframing the situation so that they can sort of create a narrative to smoke screen uh, people from thinking about where, where the real racism is coming from. You know, it's 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 a bit of a diversion. That's that's something that's, you know, unfortunately, um, I, I can't see ending anytime soon, but yeah, that's that's my recollection of the day, and uh, it, it was good to be back. I mean, we got a whooping, um, so I don't want to talk about the match too much, um, but yeah, <laughs> you, scored, you scored a good goal to be fancy. Uh, Ailing, beauty, yeah, one good beautiful goal. by Ailing, but uh, unfortunately, that was the only one. <laughs> you, I mean, you probably didn't hear it at the time, though, but uh, the. Uh, did you see that chant on social media or anything? What did you make of that, this thing about Rashford? And... Yeah, I mean, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because I think it's it's already planted in people's heads from the aftermath of the European final. Uh, that it was, obviously, there was a lot of racist abuse after that directed towards the black players that missed the penalties, including Saka as well, who plays for Arsenal. Um but yeah, that chant itself, I didn't read too much further than it was just Leeds fans singing singing against some Man United players to obviously, yeah, try and stir up the crowd or put the players off, which is an age-old 
an age-old thing in football. So, yeah, it, it, it didn't come as a surprise to me, if that's... Uh, it, it wasn't accompanied with any any racialised chant. No, there was no other chants afterwards. There was no, no racial slurs used. It was literally just Sancho and Rashford let the country down. That was it. That's all they had. So... So you can live with that? Yeah, yeah, I guess I can live with that. Yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter because they're both going to get 15 goals or something for United this season. So as long as it doesn't, as yeah. long as it doesn't bother them, I'm, I'm fine. Okay, so I'm glad that you both of you addressed that that one because that that is uh, I I saw it myself and and I didn't read a lot in it other than like it's, this is Leeds fans winding up Manchester United fans. No, and I think on that level, you can accept that uh, it didn't have any racist uh, connotations. However, let's move inside the ground. And uh, there's a couple of things that have been in the media and are, are around social media. Uh, one is that uh, Leeds fans made reference to Munich. Right, which is always, uh, always a provocation for United fans, you know. Uh, also, that there was another incident incident where United fans retaliated to that with chants about Istanbul and a couple of idiots waving Turkish flags. Yeah, at the Leeds fans. Uh, what did you make of that? And go first. I'll, I'll go first, yeah. yeah. Um, well, well, it's deplorable, isn't it? Um, it's Unfortunately, it's a, it's a sad side to the game and it's always a sad my, minority. Um, looking back through the history of the fixture, Leeds fans, uh, or a portion of them, have always sang about Munich and uh, Man United fans have always, yeah, you know... Um, brought up Istanbul or waved Istanbul flags. For those who don't know, um, in 2000, uh, there were a couple of Leeds fans uh, that were murdered um, in in Turkey by uh, some Galatasaray supporters. Uh, the fans that were murdered weren't, were neutrals, they were just normal fans. Uh, and the, the Munich references, um, well, I'll, I'll I'll let A sort of explain that one to you. You can explain that better than me. Um, yeah, it 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 happens. Um, I I I I condemn it. Um, I know lads that I go to uh, to Ellen Road with, and on away days with, we we stay well away from that. It's when whenever there's a death of someone. Um, involved that's that's outside football you know the, there's families involved in that away away from the match away from the banter of the football crowd you know there's there's family and people that would hear that 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 could be deeply hurt um and i would urge any any legionite fans listening to if you do if you do get involved in them sort of chance just to stop and think um about about the families involved um in the munich tragedy uh, which be um, yeah, so I mean, you know, it, it was silly season on the day, but um, oh God, it's good to be back, isn't it? You know, um, I haven't had a chance to go back to Ellen Road yet because as is with uh, Everton this week, but 
away days, you know, you, you get up early, you know, you, you meet up with your mates that you don't see all week because you're working, you know, you you come together, you, you have a bit of banter, a bit of a sing-song, a bit of a dance, go watch some footy, you know, have have a bit have a play play silly buggers with opposition fans. It's you know it's all it's all in it's all in good spirit. Um, it's 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 just nice to see fans back in the stadium. Football's not the same without fans. Um, and I think uh, everyone who was lucky enough to get tickets this weekend, uh, I'm sure they had a great time. Uh, and I'm very much looking forward to uh, going home to Ellen Road uh, as soon as possible. And uh, getting my usual, uh, my usual burger or, my, or a hot dog. Uh, seeing friends that I don't usually see, uh, family that I don't usually see, uh, and yeah, just just coming together as a community, you know, around uh, you know around a sporting event. You know, it's great to be back, and it's great to be back in Premier League. Yeah, maybe Good not to see so you much this week. <laughs> maybe not so much this week, but it's great to be back after all these years and. Uh, Hopefully, uh, hopefully our fan base can shake things up when cameras are on uh, Ellen Road. Uh, our fan base hasn't been diluted by the Premier League because we've been away for so long. So uh, we'll have we'll have a good sing song. We'll make it we'll make it a good place to come down. So away fans, uh, come into Ellen Road, get your sends down. We'll have, we'll, we'll have a good one. Well, but how was the atmosphere in the United amongst the United fans? You know, for the first time back. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's everyone's absolutely buzzing to be back in the stadium. So, it was full capacity. I think it was seventy-two and a half thousand in Old Trafford on the weekend. Uh, and yeah, yeah, obviously, meeting up lads from Dublin we haven't seen for two seasons. Met up with them before the game. I've gone up to with my brothers as well, so it's like a big day out for us back in the stadiums socialising like Alex said it's a community isn't it and I think I think the fans being away from the stadiums during Covid obviously makes you I guess appreciate appreciate the fans more when you're back in the stadiums uh, and obviously it all comes back to kind of what what we're about is working class unity which is what what you can breed on the football terraces so I think it's good it can only be a positive thing, really. It's, a, it's, it's a sense of identity as well, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know, it's, um, it's yeah, like I say, sorry for interrupting. It's all right. So, just to, we just kick this on a little bit. But uh, I have a segue into another <laughs> segue here. I have a segue into another uh, item. That we want to discuss, but before we move on to the issue of racism and the knee, there was a, an incident, incident between Burnley and Brighton, I think, and where the Burnley fans were reviewed the knee, you know, which is which I would say historically isn't a totally out of character for Burnley fans, right? But that's, that might be a personal prejudice, uh, however. There was an incident there where the only fans booed me and the Brighton fans chanted back at them, Marcus Rashford, uh, feed your kids. Right now. Uh, well, I think we we touched on it just before we 
we started recording, didn't we? Uh, I mean, it can be it can be taken in two different ways. Obviously, they've booed the knee. Brighton fans have come back with obviously Rashford, who's been very much vocal on the topics of racism in football and on other social issues outside of football, which he's been an extremely positive role model on. Uh, and yeah, that main one being uh, causing Boris Johnson to take the U-turn on free school meals for kids during uh, the pandemic, uh, which was brilliant. Uh, but the other side is obviously our Brighton fans making a slight at people from Burnley because they're working class and they can't afford to feed their kids. So I think it's that. Again, is it is it harmless banter between football fans or is it actually a bit of snobbery from the Brighton fans? I don't know. It's it's for them, for for you guys to decide, I guess. It sounds a little bit like what about Ray, yeah. to an extent, you know, because basically mm. Burnley, Burnley booed to be and displayed elements of racism. Yeah. Basically, you know, and Brighton fans retorted and, and they're still... They're still retorting with somebody who's a sporting icon, a black icon, you know, so I'd still, I'd still put that as 1-0 to, to, to Brighton there, you know, yeah. uh, in, in terms of, you know, he, I don't know if it was classist, you know, it could have been, I don't know, you know, you know how it's football, it's football, isn't it? Uh, also, and this brings us to our next topic, is that Brighton themselves get a lot of stick whenever there's visiting fans coming to their, their town. And uh, a lot of it is homophobic because of the large uh, LGBTQ population in Brighton. Yeah. You know, and they, they, they get that regularly. I know it happens every, every game, every home game for them, the away support. Are, are, have some homophobic ditties to chant to them, which, as I said, and which nicely segues into the point that we want to discuss next, which was uh, homophobia. And there appears to be a couple of instances over at the weekend as well. Uh, Norwich versus Liverpool. Boy uh, Gilmore, Boy yeah, yes. Gilmore, who's who's on loan uh, from Chelsea uh, at, at Norwich. Uh, Boy Young was a young Scotland international that did quite well at the Euros uh, in one game. <laughs> he said as a Scotland fan. But uh, the, ch the chant was uh, something about Chelsea rent boys. Uh, um, now supposedly this comes from uh, an old chant of the headhunters, the Chelsea headhunters, who we know are notorious fascists. Uh, but we used to chant Chelsea aggro. And apparently uh, fans would chant back Chelsea rent boys. No, and also uh, there's some story about a Chelsea headhunter being caught uh, or, you know, compromised in some way. Uh, yeah. So there's this, uh, this myth around all of that. There's a few myths and the, this homophobic chant is, is caught on. Uh, also, Spurs versus City. Towards the end of the match, the City fans started to tear down uh, Spurs LGBTQ flag, which was 
uh, and at the earlier end at one of the entrances. Uh, so generally on homophobia in the game and on those incidents, uh, what's your take on it, Xander? Well, um, obviously, again, I'm, I just I, I, we need to be more careful with our with our language, um, particularly regarding uh, LGBT issues. Um, football, in particular, uh, the men's game does have um, a real problem. Actually, it, it's not spoke about much um, with with homophobia. Um, and to my knowledge, and I checked earlier, there's no openly gay professional men's players compared to the the, the, the women players where there are openly um, are openly gay players. Um, quite lucky at Leeds United, we have um, we have a fan club called uh, Marching Out Together, uh, and the um, the LUFC Trust and Ellen Road. Uh, and all the staff around work with them uh, very carefully on, uh, on on champion equality and LGBT rights. Uh, so little things like uh, in the youth academy, um, they give education on it. Um, you know, so, so they're going, if you're a youth player for, for Leeds United, you, you are educated. Uh, on it as part of your development, which I which I think is good because we we do still have to change um, we do still have to change a few a few views on that. Um, I was I was speaking to them. Um, I saw I saw them speak uh, out about this problem in particular, uh, and I was speaking to one of them, and they were saying uh, that they. They don't take a hard line. So where you would hear like some left groups like, oh, ban them straight away, you know, without having a conversation. That's not um, that's not how the right to do it at Leeds. Uh, what they're saying is they, they know things sometimes with chance can get a bit, you know, a bit beyond banter and that's really easy. Uh, um, some of the campaigns they're running now at Leeds United is around language because not, not everyone who's making these chances, I'm, I'm pretty sure... Uh, and are not, you know, intending to be uh, hateful or homophobic in any way, but but that sort of language hurts, you know, because of, of historical issues. Um, so it is something that I do think the uh, fan base as a whole need to uh, need to think about with the chance because it can be quite hurtful for someone uh, who's who's part of the LGBT community to go down, um, watch footy like rest of us, have a good time like rest of us, but then after hear chants, which you know, if it if it was all, you know, after hear chants that. You know, hurt that hurt at the end of the day, and make it a not a not a nice experience. And you know, football it's it's for everyone, isn't it? And yeah. we need we need to do much better uh, in in sort of the the LGBT aspects in in and around football. It's not it's not just fan chance. You know, we need to we need more accessibility. Um, I know the LGBT. Uh, club at Leeds, um, they, they they regularly sort of invite the LGBT community down, and they get tickets. And you know, people who've been too afraid to go watch football, they'll send you know someone to go with them that day, so they have someone to sit with, and they sit behind the big 
big banner and uh, the very well-known um, Ellen Road. Um, and it's not homophobia. It's not something I hear as much of um, as I used to hear. Um, but again, like, like, like mentioned above, it does come out in chant sometime. And, you know, I, I, I urge people just to sort of think about the language, really. Uh, because obviously, I'm pretty sure, you know, we all love football and we want everyone to share that love of football. You know, and uh, so let, let's make it happen, you know. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, there was a, a fan came into the Facebook page on Football uh, Lads and Lances football, uh, Facebook page, and he was sort of saying all this. Basically, he was making the argument about political correctness going mad, you know, when it boiled down to it. And, uh, you know, it's just a bit of fun. You know, one of the points I made is, you know, it's fun to you, you yeah. know, but it's actually, it, it's not fun to the person along the road from you who, who is yeah. LGBT, yeah. you know. And also, uh, I think one of the things is, I don't know what the percentages are anymore, you know, but, I mean, if the percentage of gay people or gay men even uh, is, is one in ten, as it used to be, I think it was estimated. Mm. No, I mean that, that's 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 thousands. That's thousands of gay, gay people, yeah. gay men, whether they're whether they're out or not. That's yeah. thousands of gay men at football games yeah. over the country every week, right? So, you know, you have to think about those those around them. You know, and I know that the clubs, I think, have, have done pretty well in this in terms of. You know, promoting positive images and positive imagery. You know, but Sanders says like um, nobody's really came out openly in the game since Justin Fashion. No, that's what I was actually just going to say. Justin Fashion was the last openly gay. And the Norwich supporters group, incidentally, the LGBTQ plus uh, supporters group at Norwich. I, I saw a video of theirs today, and they were very good. You know, they, they have a real positive attitude. Uh, he got a huge banner with Justin Fashion, who's he's on it because he played for the club. And uh, he's been absorbed into the sport, uh, you know, completely part and parcel with the Nordic support now. No no real hassles. And that's, that's why it particularly affected them on Saturday, having one of their players... Uh, subject to homophobic abuse, no matter where it, that gang comes from or what it's supposed to be about, right? It's still homophobic, you know, and it, it's still a bit, it's still taunting uh, somebody's sexuality and sexual preferences. Yeah. And, and I think, therefore, it, it, you know, it has to be, it has to be stamped out. Yeah, just All on right. that, I was just going right. to say. Um, Obviously, like you're saying, it needs to be stamped out. It needs to be stamped out by the fans in in the stands when they hear it. It can't be, it can't be tweeting at the club after the game saying, "I heard this. What are you going to do about it?" Well, you were there. You could have drowned them out with another song. You could have could have got a steward. You could have gone kicked out straight away. Do you know what I mean? There is there's immediate actions you can take to uh, to prevent those chants carrying on at the game. Uh, that you don't need to take to social media or Twitter afterwards to say, well, I heard this and it was really bad. What are you going to do about it? 
I think, though, that one of the things with that is that you get people uh, who've watched it on the telly. Yeah. And then it's then it becomes Definitely, a social media yeah. phenomenon, you know? Whereas yeah. inside the ground, I think that the Norwich fans really did react to it and reacted yeah. against it. Unfortunately, sometimes that reaction only emboldens the idiots. Yeah, it does. It does. Right? That's not, a, that's not a reason not to have the reaction, by the way, right? Because it, as far as I'm concerned, let, 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 let the wankers chant and expose them to the world. Yeah. I've always said that, like, well, you know, let, let them look like fucking idiots in front of everybody else. You know, that doesn't mean we encourage them to chant it, you know. But where it is, like, did we, you know, we highlight it, we point it out, and we say, look at look what an arse they're making of your club. Yeah. These chants, you know, and hopefully that will get through. But but basically, it's about acceptance and recognizing that people are equals. Mm. You know? if, a, if, a, if a footballer or another football fan is gay or lesbian or trans or whatever, it's none of your business. Yeah, it's none of your bloody business. It's their they're choice. They're all there to watch. Sorry, they're all there to watch the same game of football. They've yeah. all paid the same amount to get in. And a lot of them are on the same side as you. Exactly. Politically mm. and for football. Yeah. You know, so it's counterproductive in the long run. You know, and it, and it we should stand with people who are who are sickly oppressed, like we do we against uh, uh, racism. I'd be perfectly honest with you. I was very surprised when, I, when we started actually coming to physical contact. I mean physical contact with these people. I was very, very apprehensive at first. Most of them were very, very aggressive. Some of them were military uniforms. Some mean nothing. Probably none of them ever in the military. Using these spin terminology, they weren't very good on the pavement. And we started feeling a bit more confident. We started feeling these people were not supermen, you know what I mean? And they're not going to go around bullying people and threatening people and beating up people in the streets. It's in our opinion, you know, they're putting forward poison. They're putting forward ideas about people's colour, racist stuff, it's poison. Uh, and if people like that are allowed to dismiss the as they do, then, then they become acceptable.